Hey everyone, bonus episode. Um, despite what we said last episode, this is actually our first true bonus episode. Where uh, I was just gonna say we're bad at uploading things. Yeah, we're we're going to give you uh, a real treat though for when you wish upon a Weinstein. We're uh, we're giving it the car seat headrest twin fantasy treatment of redoing it with extra personnel, and we think you'll like it. Oh, Any- you'll love this. Yeah. Anyways, um, for our first bonus episode, we are talking about uh, the first Family Guy long-form project, basically. Uh, Stewie Griffin, The Untold Story. It's, uh, it is a direct-to-DVD feature that was released in 2005 in preparation for Season 4. And it was later rebroadcast in 2006 as three separate episodes with uh, the ends trimmed off, I believe. And this is what we are talking about today. We are going to try and make it. So if you haven't seen uh, the masterpiece that is Stewie Griffin, The Untold Story, uh, you can follow along. But I do recommend watching it. It's not like the worst time in the world or anything. But So, yeah, uh, Spencer, outside of, I think, the Star Wars specials, because I forgot about when I first wanted to bring up the question... I feel like all of the multi-part Family Guy stuff involves Stewie heavily. Uh, like, is a Stewie story thing. Because you got this. Uh... To be fair, he is one of the main characters. Because a lot of them also include Peter and Brian. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get And Stewie and Lois and Meg and Chris. Usually. And they don't usually well, include Meg and Chris that much because no one really likes those two characters. I'm trying. I think the Star Wars... But I was, I was making the joke that, like, of Stewie is, like, one of the main characters of the show. Like, well, I I, I'm just talking more in terms person. of, like, multi... Like, like you got this, you got, you got you know, the Stewie Kills Lois episodes, you got Brian Dies. I'm trying to think of, like, what other, like, big multi-parts Family Guy stuff there is. Because a lot of it feels very Stewie-focused. Um, yeah, he's, he's definitely the best character to uh, base these things around, since he arguably has the most depth and variation since he has that evil side but he also has the you know foppish side he is the only character in family guy who is like like everyone in this character has show has changed somewhat but he's the only one where like the show stops to address that he went through an arc Um, yeah and not even that i also think that like the stories that you can wring out of his character are more so than any of the other Griffins, except for maybe Brian, like, different from the actual DNA of a Family Guy episode, that, like, it makes sense to build a kind of standalone thing around him. Because... Which is a big reason why the road two works. Yeah, because starting not in season four, but later, he becomes more of a mad scientist character. That's sort of the last holdover of his evil days. And that allows them to do really high concept plots and almost without fail the high concept episodes of family guy are generally the best ones sure but also worth pointing out that most of those are self-contained single episodes Um, yeah that's true um so stewie griffin the untold story uh before we dive in let's just get a read on the room what did we think of it i mean it felt very season three to me in a way that i i'm fairly like i i am convinced that they started production on this or at least like writing it almost like immediately after they got the show you know yeah i uncanceled i, I didn't because it, it yeah i didn't it felt way more like season three than season four i didn't realize that when because i didn't know until um you just brought it up spencer that this was made um in between production cycles 
But, yeah, like, you can feel a lot of season three. Especially in the second episode, there's a lot of uh, Road to Europe. Or uh, whatever the second season three Road to episode is in this with the the wandering around the desert. Yeah. Um, Road to Rupert. I do think this is better than the average season three just because it does, like, it's not, you do feel season four in this. Like, it does feel like, not necessarily, like, it is a transitional thing, but I would argue there's more season four in its DNA than season three. But my general thoughts on this are, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I guess, I guess that was fine. If they hadn't slapped this on the DVD and just did, did this as a normal multi-part episode thing, I think it would have been better. Because um, you 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 um you you have higher expectations for this when that happens. Um, I I did not have higher expectations. I I think what you might be encountering in the movie aspect of this uh, is that at feature length since this is both three episodes and a dvd feature you start to encounter some really bad pacing issues that is sustainable in a normal episode of family guy because it's 20 minutes long but at like 80 minutes the kind of burn it all to the ground structure that most family guy episodes have gets really really grating yeah and, and on the one hand, I kind of wish Family Guy did more multi-parters, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, this is, this is like, it's, it's weird. Um, I kind of wish they were more ambitious, but I also, this episode shows that maybe it's a good thing that they aren't. Yeah. Um, I mean, with the actual structure of Family Guy, especially post-cancellation, I have a difficult time, like, thinking of what they would do to make a movie that wasn't, like, just a number of conjoined episodes, like except for to what stretch a plot out for 90 minutes which would probably like get tired by at least you know 30 minutes at the earliest like I, I really don't know they could, like how they could make a movie better than just three episodes or if, if, if they were going to bring a concept to the 90 minute mark I think the ideal one would be and then there were fewer that is like the richest concept they could have done they also could have done the North by North Quahog thing and cribbed a plot from Hitchcock whole cloth. Honestly, I think you could have stretched the Lois kill Stewie kills Lois subplot out to three episodes and it would have worked just fine. Like, I think that story could have could have benefited from it a little bit, but we'll we'll get to that. I haven't rewatched it yet, so we'll we'll get to that. Um, yeah, Th this this whole this whole story. So in case you haven't seen it. It's kind of a really wonky story where Stewie at first like gets enrolled with swim lessons and it doesn't go well and he has like a near-death experience by trying to blow up a popular kid and he ends up, you know, he becomes worried that he's going to hell and then he starts trying to be nice uh, but that doesn't work out and he sees someone who looks like himself on TV and he thinks it's his real dad. So he goes to San Francisco, where his quote-unquote real dad is, and when he meets him, it turns out it's Stewie from the future, uh, going to the past on a holiday. And he returns with Stewie to the future, and it turns out Stewie is this, like, 35-year-old virgin uh, living in, like, a really shitty apartment, working a dead-end, white-collar job. And uh, it's up to uh, younger Stewie to course-correct and help make it so older Stewie can get a more glamorous life. Um, if, if this sounds like really slapdash, it's because it is. It is very, very clearly 
made in mind so it can be both a movie and three episodes since there's like three specific arcs that happen in each episode and it's i will say also where so two things i want to say about this sorry sorry to interrupt you but um the first is the the stewie griffin stuff that's arguably the main plot is effectively the b plot of the first episode um yeah and the the other thing that i um that i wanted to bring up was I, I actually, because of that, I think um, episode two and three actually c- connect fairly all right. Like, you can, like, it feels like a more coherent narrative because they're both mainly Stuart episodes, but, like, the the, the, the the connective tissue, but even still, I'm not sure this really works. In the no, I, I very much agree that I think it feels like an hour special with, uh, you know, vaguely related episode grafted onto the yeah. front. Like, I think that if, if the last two episodes were kind of like a standalone thing, I don't think people would have had a problem with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at least as much as they did, like, with the 90-minute one. Yeah. So do you want I do you want to, I guess, get, get the Peter Grind My Gears stuff out of the way before we talk about the Stewie stuff, since that's... Yeah. I, I, I kept hoping that they'd bring that back somehow. Like, the, you know, they'd... In the future, Peter would go on a grind my gears rant or something, but like, no, it's completely dropped. Um, as a matter of fact, it's like kind of amusing how little they care about it once that plot ends. It's just like they move on, there's no consequences, no fallout from it. Um, the Peter grinds my gears stuff is is pretty good, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, I think it was kind of an excuse to let Seth kind of. I don't know if it was improv or scripted, but I just think it was kind of an excuse to let Seth go off in, like, kind of like a monologue, and I think he pulled it off. And, and yeah. also, this is kind of the start of, um, not necessarily in the, the future seasons, but later on as Family Guy, we, like, it feels like at least once a season or every other season, at the very least, you get a Peter-Tom, like, interacting episode, and I think they actually have pretty decent chemistry together. Yeah. I agree. The plot, uh, the plot of the Peter grinds my gears thing that we're referring to, is that uh, Peter goes on a rant uh, at a blockbuster video store. Uh, Tom Tucker overhears him and scoops him for a new segment on their TV show uh, called "What Grinds My Gears." But Peter gets more popular than Tom, and then Tom sabotages Peter. Um, yeah. But then T- Peter loses the job because he's he's a fucking drunk. And Tom gets well, his job Well, because his kids are drunks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because Stewie's drinking. Drink. If, um, if, if I'm yeah. being honest, uh, as disconnected as it is from the proper story, I think... It's I, probably the best part of this thing. I, honestly, the whole first episode, quote-unquote, is probably my favorite part of this, even though it has nothing to do with the Stewie stuff. I think it's because, I even though, you know, it's the most related to the overall story, once... The, like, middle-aged Stewie stuff just doesn't work at all for me. And, I don't know, this, this, since it's so self-contained, it feels less bothersome than the really long stuff with Stewie. I kind of like the middle-aged Stewie stuff, just because, like, I feel like it's, it's the writers just being like, yeah, this is the future of Stewie as a character. If you like season one Stewie, uh, sorry. Yeah, that Uh, is a, that is a good read. Uh, it does kind of predict that, um... It does kind of predict later Stewie that he's just going to become sort of an old, old particular man. Yeah, for, I mean, frankly, I don't have too much. To, yeah, you know what I did find kind of funny? Yeah. 
What? So at the beginning, like going into this before you kind of got a feel for it and, you know, learning that it was made in between the production seasons or whatever, for the longest time, I thought this was just like a straight up like parody of the 40 year old virgin. But like, even by the time it was released, it was like, that was released in like August of 2005. This came out in like September and it was probably in production like way before the actual promotional stuff for that was coming out. So it was like just an insane coincidence, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. Stewie as like a virgin is a is a very weird way to take his character, I think, because you know, you mentioned in the season two episode that like they make Stewie like almost uncomfortably he sexual. Fucks. Yeah. Like, you know, he he fucks. Yeah, he he does fuck. Yeah. And there's also at this point they've been dropping pretty serious hints that he's gay also, and they don't work with that at all this season. Um, or this, this movie. So it is kind of a weird way to take his character. Uh, I, I was also disappointed. I mean, like, you know, dogs only live for 15 years, so they had to get rid of Brian, but I, I wish they kind of had a way to bring like a decrepit, somehow still alive Brian back in or like Brian's son or maybe like Brian's quote unquote son. That's just him, but like slightly different. Just so, like wearing a baseball cap or something, yeah. Or, yeah. or even just have like uh, adult Stewie like be nostalgic for his time with Brian, or like, but yeah, no, the 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 Brian is he goes on the road trip with Stewie in in the the second episode. He is completely absent from the third, and you kind of feel it. Um, yeah, it, they they have really good interplay together, and it. Yeah, it. That was one of the big things that, like, struck me by how early, earlier than season four it felt is because, like, they, there's a big to-do about, like, Stewie hating Brian that even, like, his adult version doesn't argue with. And it's, like, that is so different from the relationship as it progresses through season four that it's, like, yeah, there's no way this was made during that same production schedule. Yeah. I mean, in season three, they were slowly starting to get more, like, antagonistic in a friendly way, but... Right. But... Yeah. I also want to say that Quagmire not hating Brian is kind of jarring and also, I think, better. I, I, I will get into it later, but I really don't care for the Quagmire hating Brian stuff. I, I think it's because it's, like, the I thing is, worked... Brian deserves it, but it's just overplayed. It's just too much. Yeah. I think it worked once, like, in the episode where they introduced it and they had, like, the whole monologue. I think it would have worked as a one-off thing. I think they bring it back too often and it doesn't really pay off. Yeah. You know, but... Also, Quagmire here is way more early Quagmire than later Quagmire. Yeah. You know, early Quagmire. I mean, in some ways that's good because he's a little less rapey. A little. I said a little, not completely. But he's more of like just the, the old horn dog. And he's not as particular and fussy. Yeah, no. Again, this was literally like... Andy, you said it felt more like season four to you. I do not. Like, this feels like it like was the end of season I, I think... Yeah. The, the joke writing feels more season four, but you're right. Well, that's because the joke writing is a little better. Season three. <laughs> the, I, I will say for as much as we're ragging on this, the fact that I was like overall slightly positive on it is because I did like full laugh a lot at it. I can't pull up any of the jokes off the top of my head, but there were unironically some very, very good jokes in this. And Yeah, I laughed a couple times. Yeah, it, it's better than... Uh, it's funnier than the South Park episode that we talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. This is a... It's weird. There's not much to talk about here. Yeah. So, really, so when it comes down to yeah, it. it's ultimately, I realized as we were watching it that it's just not a terribly interesting, uh, you know, movie. Oh, there is one thing that we didn't talk about, and that's uh, Ron, a.k.a. Meg, which... Yeah. Not good. I mean... No. Well, it's it's not it's not the best, obviously, you could have done. It is surprising to me, like, how much kinder they are to... And maybe it's just because they're coming at it from, like, the trans man standpoint, but, like... This is leagues kinder than even like Quagmire's dad is, you know, three or four years later. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, that I, I think it's just because, uh, yeah, trans men tend to evoke less of a visceral disgust in pop culture when they do exist because sometimes right. they, they usually just don't exist at all. But, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, also, also I, I think that there's something about, and, and, I'm not trying to say this in a way that implies I think it, but I think that people kind of ascribe a femininity to trans men, or at least like the concept of it, that makes it a little bit less threatening than the other way around. Yeah. And I think that that kind of makes, yeah, makes people less like viscerally opposed to it. Also, it, it, do, it, it doesn't challenge like notions of heterosexuality, at least for like male heterosexuality right. in the same way. Also, I, I, yeah. I don't think um, any of the, the future versions of the Griffins are particularly interesting. Yeah, Stu, really. yeah Lois, and, Lois and Peter are very just like they're the same thing, basically. Um, yeah. I did chuckle at Cleveland saying everything extremely slowly. <laughs> Super slow. Um, I will say, given the current circumstances of the world, it is kind of funny that like Chris as, you know, a overweight loser you know high school loser with anger issues becomes a cop it's like i could see that yeah, yeah. I, I could totally see that they don't yeah. play it very well and chris's no, girlfriend don't. is not a joke it's just like a very boring it's just misogyny bitches be like and that not even like the fun kind yeah yeah, yeah nothing about they really don't take the future character stuff into any interesting directions and i i wanted to since this this particular episode isn't that or movie isn't that interesting, I wanted to bring in a comparison point. Um, I don't know if either of you have seen it, but the first Futurama movie, Bender's Big Score, deals with time travel in like a similar way, and I don't think so. I no, no sorry. Didn't dislike yeah. this movie, but I was wishing the entire time it was Bender's Big Score because Bender's Big Score is like structured flawlessly it's been a while but i remember it being like one of the best movies of this variety i had seen you know like the extended I mean, tv drama is just an altogether better show yeah 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 and, and it's probably i mean it's better than like the simpsons movie and it's i don't think it's as good as like the south park movie but it, it's it's really good and the one thing futurama has that it can pull off really well is like sentimentality and and also heart. continuity yeah and so when Bender's Big Score, you know, at the end of it goes for this kind of twist at the end that has a very sentimental aspect to it, it works because that show is unafraid to dive into, like, you know, serious, tear-jerking stuff. Uh, I remember when... Uh, <laughs> I remember when a, my high school teacher played the uh, the dog episode for our class. Yeah, and... everyone goes back to the dog because it's a... I mean, it's a heartbreaking episode. Yeah. yeah, and 
you know, I think if Family Guy wanted to do a full-length movie, it had to kind of try this because it doesn't really here. It only does it a little. And the half-assed approach it takes doesn't yield anything interesting. It, um... Yeah. Which I, I wanted to go back to, uh, and then there were fewer. Because that, the reason why I think that would work for maybe like a 60 or 70 minute movie is because, you know, that's a genre. That's, you know, genre work. And uh, similar to North by North Quahog, having that structure allows the show to do its thing, but have a much sturdier backbone and doesn't need any like sentimentality stuff. Like, do we all agree that in the War Fewer is probably one of the best episodes of Family Guy? Yeah. I would yeah. say maybe the best. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's definitely like top five or so. And it works because it like works as both a genuine mystery and also works as a Family Guy episode. But they can't right. really do the whole, you know, midlife crisis stuff because Family Guy, by this point in time, is not a sentimental show. You know, the last time that Family Guy could really be genuinely sentimental and mean it is like, season two maybe i'm thinking of like the reality tv episode where meg sort of learns to love her family um but at this point it's such a misanthropic just burn it all down show that none of that really works here uh what did we think of the uh the bumpers on either end like the framing device i, I dug that a lot I thought the first one was pretty funny. The second one didn't really do it for me, like the end. I liked the ending one, weirdly enough. I uh, I thought it was really funny, uh, although... The... I mean, I didn't think it was bad. I just thought it was like it relied more on the cutaways than the first one, and I don't think any of them were particularly strong. If, if I, I'm going to out myself as problematic and say that I enjoyed the joke of Trisha Takanawa uh, fangirling for David Bowie. David Bowie? I thought that was funny. Yeah, it's, it's a very racist joke, but it's also extremely yeah. funny. Um... Also, I, I I I thought the um, the Ferris Bueller Bueller reference at the end was cute. Um, I, I I don't know. It felt it felt too like it was overplayed, but I liked it. You know? Yeah. I I did like the beginning though. Something that I wish they did more with, but I liked what they did with it was like the the making a contrast between like the real life version of the characters in their quote and like their persona on the TV show, where it's like. Like, the one where it really hit for me was Lois getting, like, sloshed in the car and Peter being like, oh, oh, you know, I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, the complete reversal. Like, I wish they had done that more with, like, maybe, like, Chris was, like, you know, very erudite or something. Yeah, and or Meg was, like... Or Meg was, like... Meg was, like, a, like, very mean to people and, like, imperious. Or, or, or Meg was, like, like a, like a, you know, like, got a lot of, like, sexual attention or something, or... Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, so... I like what they did with that. I wish they had pushed it a little bit more. Yeah. I, I also liked the, um, I mean, I know you didn't like the ending as much, but I thought it was really clever how they did the cutaway gags of what the characters had been up to in the meantime. The, uh, I don't have a lot of notes about this, but the stuff with the West Wing gag fucking killed me. Um, it's such, it's such a, it's a pretty spot on from what I can gather about the West Wing. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I kind of wish that if they did a whole movie, it was more meta. And... Yeah. So here's something that I'm thinking. Do you think that, like, just from a, maybe not even, like, from a funny standpoint, but from a pure structural standpoint, do you think Modern Family Guy could do a more coherent movie than season three to season four Family Guy? Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not Modern kind of Family Guy, too. but definitely a few seasons later they could do it better. Um, yeah. Like, like, let's say, let's say maybe, see, even like season fifteen or sixteen. I feel like it probably could have at yeah. least structured yeah. better. Yeah, I, I, you know what I think they would have yeah. done? They would have taken the and then there were fewer approach and basically taken a pre-existing story, like a pre-existing movie, and then, or the Blue Harvest approach, and then parodied it there. And it might not have been as funny as this. It might have been worse than this, but it would have been more coherent. Yes. Yeah, there would have been more meat to it on its bones. Um, yeah. I, I, since since we're we're kind of realizing that there isn't a ton to talk about with uh, the movie proper, I think we can all agree that it's somewhere in the range of okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd probably give it like a C plus B minus. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah C plus B minus sounds about okay. right. Um, I, I I say I I'm going to ask you all what so we're going to pitch a new Family Guy movie. That's based on a I was about to ask the same pre-existing thing. movie. It doesn't have to be a movie you like. It can be your favorite movie. It can be your least favorite movie. But you're in charge of the new Blue Harvest. It's a 90-minute movie, let's say. Which movie are you going to use as your basis? I'll let Andy go first. Oh, shit. Don't put me on the spot like that, man. <laughs> I have an idea. Okay, go ahead, Ty. The Maltese Falcon. I have not seen the Maltese Falcon, believe it or not. That's a huge blind spot for mine, but but sell us on this. I mean, it doesn't have to be the Maltese Falcon, like, in general, but I, I think that a noir-focused Family Guy movie could be really funny. Maybe, like, Brian is the detective or something who's hired by Lois, and and it's kind of like going through, you know, a shady underbelly of, yeah. um, of you know, all the minor characters. You know, maybe Quagmire runs a brothel or something. Double Indemnity. I, Double Indemnity could work. Double it could be I'm, yeah, or some, yeah. One of like one of like the Marquette classics, like the Third Man, yeah. Or Falcon or Double I'm Indemnity, also, or even like Chinatown or whatever. I'm, you know. I'm also gonna go classic old Hollywood. I'm because The Simpsons did this really well in one of its season two episodes, so I think Family Guy could do this really well with Brian and Stewie. Maybe a third wheel. Family Guy does the Treasure of Sierra Madre. I that think would you could work. do a Road Two episode and make a movie out of that and have it be really good. Um, yeah. I have actually never seen that. I haven't either. What's like the basis? It's um John Houston. It's the one where they're um Bart and Milhouse are fighting over the the comic book. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a really solid episode from that era. Um, um. So, Andy, I am so glad you didn't pick this one movie since I would have put money that you were going to pick this one, and it was going to be my number one choice. So I'm so glad you didn't. But if I were in charge of it, it's not as popular of a movie, but I think that were I head of Family Guy and said we have to make a movie, my parody choice would be Walter Hill's classic Streets of Fire. Um, I, I, I Go on. I don't want to think about this. Don't put this in my head, man. Don't do okay. this to me. Okay, but hear me out. Hear me out. The structure of Streets of Fire, all Walter Hill movies borrow a lot from, you know, classic westerns. And the structure of Streets of Fire is very simple, and it could totally work. You know, it has this musical emphasis that fits in perfectly with Family Guy. Um, obviously, the shift from Jim Steinman songs to Seth MacFarlane songs would be a pivot, let's say. Um, it would be a downgrade, but that's just because Jim Steinman is the greatest right. pop composer of the 20th century. But I'm going to need to ask, who would be who? Uh, Peter's Michael Pere, obviously. Um yeah. Lois is Ellen Aim. Diane Lane. Oh. Yeah. 
Um, I think... You know, no, actually, no. Peter's Rick Moranis. Peter's Rick Moranis and... Uh, Ryan's... Michael Perret. Michael Perret. Yeah. And... Uh, Who's the, Stewie? Stewie is... I forget her name. The uh, the Butch yes. sidekick. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Willem Dafoe? Willem Dafoe would be... Uh, damn, that's tricky. Herbert, maybe? No. Uh, no, not Herbert. Maybe... If he was still alive, Adam West would work. No, you know who you do? You know who, who you do to get Willem Dafoe in Streets of Fire? He's a character who has an antagonistic relationship with Peter. Who? You get James Woods. Yes! Yes, James Woods! That would be perfect! So God, that would be so... so... Can I go? Yes. I want to see this now. I really want to see this. Um, I, I'm imagining in my head um, maybe Jerome as uh, Bill Paxton in that movie because they're both barkeeps. Um, yeah. Yeah. God, um, what what Family Guy song would be uh, Nowhere Fast and which one would be Tonight is What It Means to Be Young? Um, I, I think they could probably do like a Steinman Up version of the main theme. Yeah? Yeah. I like, feel like something you'd go for something like Road to Rhode Island for, the, for Tonight is What It's Like to Be Young, something sort of dramatic and, and playful. Um, yeah. You know, Fuck, I'm seeing this in my head. I'm seeing this too. It, it's, I need to see this. It would be so good. If, if, if anyone involved with Family Guy somehow listens to this podcast, if, if you can do us one favor, please pitch this to McFarlane. It, if this happens, it will be my new... It will be my Miami Vice. Yeah. God, no, that would be such God, a... You could have Joe, be the, Joe and Cleveland be like the main good cops. Um... Yeah, could... this works too well. Fuck, it does. I hate you. I hate you so much. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. God. I don't know. Uh, Ty, uh, Ty, we you have not seen Streets of Fire, but Andy and I are huge fans of that movie. Um. Yeah, I have not known what you've been talking about for the past ten minutes. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's too perfect. It's um, too. It's too. If you if you saw the movie, you would be like. Okay, I get it. Um, yeah. All right. Is there any I, I, other ones that would work? Hold on, I just want to say, Spencer, I thought about Streets of Fire. I'm like, nah, that would that would never be too stupid. No, I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> I also think Singing in the Rain would work, um, but neither of you have seen uh, Singing in the Rain. Any old Hollywood. Yeah, yeah any, any old Oz Hollywood. They would... could do. They could do Wait, Wizard I... of Oz. Yeah, they could do Wizard of Oz. Um... Yeah, no, I think these are all good suggestions. Certainly more fruitful than 38-year-old Virgin Stewie. Um, yeah. I, I also think that if they did this now, like, even if they did this, like, exact story, they'd have Stewie's gayness work into it, which would be more interesting. Yep. Um, yeah. It, one of the big problems with this movie is that the characters aren't as developed, like, at this point no, in the show. it's too early. It's too, yeah, it's too, too early. Yeah, it's too early. And um, South Park got away with this because, you know, they it's have a better a, show. It's a better show. They have a richer cast of characters. And even by like season four or whatever, they had already developed the characters really well. Um, I forget if the movie came before the Scott Tennerman episode, which, by the way, 
at some point in 2021, we're going to be talking about, like, we're going to be doing a South Park retrospective, and there's some episodes I can't wait for you to see, Andy. But Oh, boy, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. So, I, I think that, do we have anything else to add to this movie and this potential project? I have been, for the past, like, ten minutes trying to think of a different movie they could do, and the best I can come up with is West Side Story. Yeah. Oh, my God. Any they musical could, could work. Be... I'm surprised they haven't done that already. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. waiting. I, I don't know if they've done this yet, but I'm waiting for, like, a La La Land parody. I don't even like La La Land, but, like... Oh, I... Ugh, no, I would kill myself before I watched that. The Family Guy version would probably be better than the movie, though. Like, let's be real. Uh, no. No. No, because they, well, especially because if it was made now, they wouldn't, like, they, it would literally just be, no. like, all of the cheapest jokes you heard in twenty. You know what movie they'd do if they did another, like, modern blockbuster movie? they do Pulp what? Fiction. They already did that for, like, one, for, they did an episode where they were, like, mocking uh, directors. No, no, but that was, that was more Kill Bill inspired. they do a full, like, Pulp, pulp Fiction plot. Um, yeah. No, but they like brought in parts from Pulp sure, Fiction but like, I think they could. Yeah. They, they, they they've done plenty of Star Wars jokes before they did the Star Wars. They movie. they um, might do like Django. I don't think they, they might do a, it, a modern Tarantino movie like Django, Django with Cleveland as Django. Oh, I, I'm no. considering suicide. Django after with that Nate sentence. Griffin. Oh do you God! Will ever just do Indiana Jones because they did Star Wars? Wait, wait, Andy, let that sit for a bit. Nate Griffin. Django, but instead of Cleveland, it's Nate Griffin. Oh my God! <laughs> Fuck you. God, I'm quitting the podcast. Um, yeah, no, they would totally do that. They could do uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but no, that that doesn't. Would Cleveland be Sam Jackson and Django then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's somehow worse. God. Carter is uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, Peter is uh what what's the what's the fucking guy who Tarantino loves? Christoph Waltz. I can't remember his name. Christoph Waltz. Yeah. Peter doing like the the kind of foppish nya voice the whole time. Yeah. Got this. Yeah. This is making me. This would be a good movie. We landed on a good one. Mm. I hate this. I hate this a lot. Yeah. No. Yeah, we've gotten a little digressive here, but I think it's been ultimately. A... What if they did? What if they did Idiocracy? No, they just go full. They just go full three sixty and do Southland Tales. Okay. <laughs> Spencer. Did Spencer leave? <laughs> I think he did. You want to just shoot the ship for a bit? Uh, sure. Uh, What's going on? Okay. Okay. God. Oh. Okay. I will say. I will say Southland Tales. Southland Tales. We've got to do a bonus episode on Southland Tales because that movie feels like we, oh we do was written by Seth MacFarlane. I think my uh, oh we have to do it. My friend on Twitter, uh, Viperwave, uh, said the movie feels like it's written by Seth MacFarlane, and it even has like a musical number that feels like it could have been danced to by Peter Griffin. <sighs> what a what a. Oh, I remember this one. Hmm. This one was weird. Yeah, we should watch it. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're gonna be we're gonna yeah. by the time we're like all the way through American Dad, we're gonna be reaching for stuff. So I think that's a good pick. Yeah. I mean, we're already reaching. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you all for the most uh, the most off-topic, free-form bonus episode. We of all needed time. to go off-topic. Don't to make talk me about talk about movie. movies. Yeah. Don't make me fucking talk about movies ever again. Yeah. I don't know anything about movies. 
Yeah, no. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, but we're gonna have to keep doing this. Uh, we are. L- literally, I have I have seen four movies in my life. Do not make me talk about these. <laughs> we're gonna keep doing them. Yeah. I, yeah, no. Uh, that'll about do it for this uh, free bonus episode. Um, in the future, our bonus episodes are going to be paywalled. Um, some of them might get unlocked eventually, but and all of them will be better than this. Uh, but if you want more of those good old-fashioned values upon which we used to rely, then we will have a Patreon coming soon. And uh, there's multiple donation tiers. Uh, You know, for just a little bit, you can get the normal episodes 24 hours early, and for even more, you can vote on, like, super bonus episodes, but... For now, like these extra once a week bonus episodes will be the usual five dollars a month thing. So and we'll be yeah, we'll be we'll post all of it on the Yeah. On on our Twitter yeah. and stuff. But we'll be yeah. talking about cartoon wars, we'll be talking about Seth at the Oscars, we'll be talking about the Cleveland show eventually on here. We'll be talking about some of the like cartoons Seth worked on before Family Guy, like Johnny yep. Bravo. Uh, we'll be talking about his. I'm really looking forward to talking about his albums. Uh, that'll be a treat. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next Sunday, where we'll be talking about season six with uh, Ambient Valent. Yeah, that'll about do it. Uh, thank you for this. Uh, yeah. I consider this to be a this to be an improv session between the group, and uh, hope you all enjoy. See you all on Sunday. Bye bye. I'm gonna kill myself. Positively can't do all the things that make us laugh and cry.